0: Welcome to a Calvary Montclair Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will learn of Jesus, grow in Jesus, and share Jesus with other people. Service times are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. For addresses and directions, please visit our website, www.cmontclair.com. We pray that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word by Pastor Joe McTarsney. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading verses 1 through 3. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore... I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to stop there. Today we're going to learn from verses 1 through 3. We're going to learn how to live a godly life. And in these short verses that we're going to be studying today, Paul does encourage the Corinthians back then And for us, by way of application, encourages us to live a godly lifestyle. So there's four instructions that are going to be presented today. Four instructions for us, for you, for for me, and how to live a godly lifestyle from verses 1 through 3. So the first one, the first one is that Paul instructs the Corinthians to live a godly lifestyle, By the way of instructing them concerning spiritual gifts. And we see that in verse 1 where it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts. So Paul desires the people there at Corinth to learn and to be aware of spiritual gifts. Now this is a question that the Corinthians had. The the question that they posed to Paul was about uh, spiritual gifts. So so Paul writes to them about that. We know that the Corinthians had two other further questions um, that needed to be clarified um, from Paul through scripture about how to live a godly lifestyle. We know one question was posed in chapter 7 verse 1. One question was posed in chapter 7 verse 1 and that verse says, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me it is good for a man not to touch a wife. So the Corinthians wrote Paul a letter and they were saying, Paul, We have a few questions, and could you please uh, answer us? And and it's wonderful to know that every single question that you have about life and about eternity, you can find it in Scripture. And so so they wanted to know uh, uh, about, really, marriage, and that's what they wanted to know. And if you are one and you want to have a godly marriage, and and, and husbands, you want to learn what it means to to love your wife and and love her, which means to love her unconditionally, to to love her being... um, Selfless, and and as you follow uh, your Lord Jesus Christ, and you study the scriptures, and really study His life, and and you see how Jesus cared for other people, and and He zeroed in upon their needs, and and He was one that dwelt with understanding, and and, and He He studied people, and he, he knew them, and 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 so He He writes, and we have studied this when we went through chapter seven, um, how a man should should know know a woman when their marriage, by the way, <laughs> and and so when when they're married um, when they get married um that they w- would 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 um uh, know them thoroughly, and um, and have um, God's eyes and God's heart and God's ear towards them. And for a woman too, to to know how to to respect um, a husband. And, and God has made every single man upon the face of the earth. There, there's something inside of them that, that the Lord um, uh, created to be inside of them. That they should be respected. That they should be respected. And I and I gave this uh, um, this um, uh, analogy when we studied uh, chapter seven where you you could get a a, a male, and you could get him um, walking down the street or or even in a schoolyard, and if someone disrespects him, what's gonna happen? You know what's gonna happen. A fight's gonna happen, right? Um, Though you get the same individual, you put a uniform on him, and, and he serves his country, and a lot of respect is given over to him. What's gonna take place? He's gonna shed his blood for others. And so, to learn how do I respect a person when maybe they're not respectable? Well, the Lord can can change your heart, and the Lord can help you. And also, too, we covered in in, um, in chapter seven about being single and how you could be single and satisfied in Jesus Christ. You could be single, knowing that the Lord will fulfill all your needs, that you are complete um, in in Jesus. And and meanwhile, as the Lord is is um, is is, is Preparing the other person, um, he will make things beautiful in his timing, not your timing, not your timing. You never want to get ahead of the Lord, but you trust the Lord. If you have a, a desire to, to get married the Lord, put that desire in, in your heart. And then we know, according to the psalmist, that he does meet the desires of our heart. But meanwhile, you want to sit at the feet of the Lord and, and be the godly person. And, and I want to suggest something to you, that godliness is attractive. And so you be godly. You sit at the feet of the Lord. You drink in His word. You you worship Him. You pray to Him, and 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 as a result of that, you you become that sweet smelling aroma where people see your life, and there's just something different about about you. And what is the difference? Is it, is that Jesus is in you, and and Jesus is being shown out of you. So that's a question that that they had. They they wanted to know about uh, about about marriage. Now another question that the Corinthians had to Paul, and Paul answer that question is found in chapter 8 verse 1 in chapter 8 verse 1 so Paul writes now concerning things offered to idols we know that we all have knowledge and knowledge puffs up But this is important. But love edifies. Love edifies. So Paul teaches the Corinthians. Paul teaches the Corinthians on how to um, hang around with with people that have an ultra-sensitive conscience about gray areas. And so Paul teaches that it's important to, to always err towards love always air towards love and then we learn that when people come into our presence may they come into our presence and may they be built up in love because there are so many people that um, could be in a home environment it could certainly be in a work environment or a school environment where where they're just um they're just beat up People use their tongue as a sword and just cut them up. And so it's important to love upon people and build them up and, and look in them in their eyes and ask them how they're doing and, and sincerely care um, how they're doing it and build them up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here we, we know that um, in, in chapter 12, verse 1, it was a, a question that they had about spiritual gifts, about spiritual gifts. And and so to have a proper biblical um, instruction concerning spiritual gifts, it's so and so important. And you may say, why is it important? Why is it important as me as a believer, a lover of Jesus, I'm going to heaven, I'm heaven bound. And and why is it important for, for, for me to have a proper biblical understanding um, what, what concerns spiritual gifts? It's important because if, if you don't, you will be like unfortunately so many Christians that are li- uh, living a defeated spiritual life. Why? Because they have either little or no understanding of the power of God and the gifting of the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. God is a good God, and He has gifted you as His son, as His daughter, with spiritual gifts. We know according to James chapter 1, verse 17, James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of our heavenly lights, who does not change the shifting shadows. So it has seemed, it has seemed in, in the history of the church, it has seemed in the history of the church that, that, um, that um, people have handled the, the, the spirit um, in a couple ways. One is that they, they have either quenched the Holy Spirit of God, they have quenched the Holy Spirit of God and and, and not allowing this, the Spirit of God to, to be moved um, in their heart and, and also in congregations. And number two, it also seems that the church has grieved the Holy Spirit of God. So you could quench the Holy Spirit of God, you can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So you may wonder, how has the church uh, quenched the Spirit of God? How has the church quenched the Spirit of God? well we know that the church has uh, quenched the holy spirit of god by doing spiritual ministry with fleshly methods and motives and the church unfortunately and also in people's lives have have organized the holy spirit out of it out of their lives and and may we be one who's saying holy spirit lead my life i want to walk in the spirit so i don't gratify the desires of my sinful nature so Holy Spirit, you have taken residence in my heart and, and as you are in my heart, may I be attuned to your spirit, may I have fellowship, the fellowship of the spirit, and, and may your spirit speak to me according to your word and lead my life. And so that, that happened the day when you embraced Jesus as your Savior, the Lord drew you into himself. He wanted fellowship with you and, and so the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit has been given to us because Jesus told his disciples and he hung out. With his boys for for around three years, we know according to scripture, and then he went to heaven. And before he went to heaven, he told he told the guys, the disciples, his boys, and he said, "I go and prepare a place for you, and where I'm, I'm going to come back for you. But when I go, I'm going to be sending a spirit, the spirit that will comfort you, that will guide you, that will empower you. And so, so the spirit of God has been given to us as." as um a gift to us and unfortunately we have not been open to the movement of the holy spirit and and so we are called not to quench the spirit of the living god according to first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19. first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19 says quench not the spirit we are not to quench not the holy spirit of god And then the second way the church has handled the Spirit of God is grieve the Spirit, is grieve the Spirit. And Paul spoke about that in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed. For the day of redemption, the day of redemption is when God redeemed you. The day of redemption is when you're going to be redeemed and, and being in the presence of the Lord. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit of God it takes residence and, and inside of you. And as you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of, of promise, God's Holy Spirit and promise, it's important to be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, a lot of times people are grieving the Spirit of God. And, and what they do and, and how they grieve the Holy Spirit of God is they, they draw unnecessary attention to themselves they draw unnecessary attention to themselves and it's all about them and it's not being open and being led by the spirit of god and this happens this happens when um and and sometimes um in in church congregations when they say oh the the spirit is on me and when they say oh the holy spirit is on me maybe they, they shake a little bit and, and, and they behave in interesting ways they behave in interesting ways and, and, and unfortunately some even start to um, start to even bark some even starts to, to start laughing in, a, uh, in an uncontrollable fashion and, and some even to, they, they begin to roll around on the ground and, and even run around the church and, and, and doing laps and um, high-fiving each other as, as they're running past each other and, and, and so and they're, they're claiming the spirit of God is on me, the spirit of God is on me and um and the the truth is no the spirit is not all over you um it's unfortunate that you hunger for attention and you want people to to watch you and it's very tragic that these behaviors have happened in, in the history of the church and and um and as we're going through the movement of the spirit and, and the gifts and and we're going to be studying it through the rest of this chapter um, in the into chapter 13, into chapter 14, and the last verse into chapter 14, it's so important. Notice with me, chapter 14, verses 40. You may want to underscore this, where it says, "Let all things be done decently and in order," and and in context, it speaks about the spiritual gifts. And, and, and all things, we are to do things decently and in order. And then when we study chapter 13, chapter 13 speaks about love. That um, Chapter 13, verse 1, that, that you could speak with, with tongues of men and you know, of angels, but not have love. I become a sounding brass of clinging cymbal. You make a lot of noise, but but if you don't have love... And love is the most important. And, and, and sometimes um, things have been done in the name of, of the Lord, in the name of Christianity, of uh, being, being a Christian, and, and, um, and that the Spirit is on you. And um, it's really not. Your, your, the violation of Scripture is taking place. Things are not done decently and in order. And it's chaos. Our God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of decently and in order. In the book of Genesis, you know how God created the first day, Right? The second day, the third day, when Jesus in the New Testament, when he when he fed the five thousand, it was done decently and in order. Um, obviously, he was led um, um, and how to go about doing it. So, so there's a decently and in order. And some, so sometimes, sometimes um, things are, are done are done that uh, is is fleshly. And as a result of it, it has quenched the spirit of God. It has created the spirit of God. And you may say, has that really been done? I'm going to show you a quick video. And we'll we'll, we'll dim the lights in the very back. I want to show you a a quick video. Um, It's only two minutes. And um, I'm I'm real thankful that it's only two minutes because um, you... Um, probably could only stomach it for, for two minutes because it is disturbing. It is disturbing that what has so-called taken place in the Church of God and what has so-called said that the Spirit is on me. So let's play this video for, and it's a couple minutes. yeah that's a much weaker stomach <laughs> watching that i I very rarely get upset and m- my family can attest to that. there are very very few times that I get like really upset about um, This is one when we see things being done like that in the name of jesus and in the name of um using spiritual gifts and the name of the spirit is all on me. And, and, you, and they're, they're violating First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. Know this, as we'll turn back the lights on in the, in the very back. Um, when there is a spiritual experience, it should never violate scripture. When there is a spiritual experience, it should never violate a scripture. You remember in the book of Acts, you you, you remember the story, right? It was a day of Pentecost, and and and, um, and Peter was filled with the Spirit as they went into the upper room, right? And as he came down he, and he shared the gospel message, and and some uh, 5,000 people came to, came to Christ that day, right? And they they started saying, "Oh, look at Peter, and look what he's doing." And what did Peter do? He shared a scriptural support was taking place. He says in the book of Joel, it says in the last day that that man shall shall prophesy and dream dreams. And and so what you did, what you have here is yeah, you have a spiritual experience with a scriptural support in the Old Testament, and that's how it's supposed to be. Otherwise, it's just subjective. And 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 so the the Holy Spirit of God does want to move. And so unfortunately, um, many people have quenched the spirit or, or grieved the spirit, and and then people that are aware with um, unfortunately this type of obnoxious behavior. They're turned off by it. and and so when, when now when they go to church, church has to be extremely logical to them now. It has to be logical and has to make sense in their their own mind. and, and honestly I get it. I, I get it. I, I get it and, and I too I, I grew up, um, I, w- I was raised in the Catholic church and then went through um, an Assemblies of God Church and, and, and I saw the, 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 the uh, so called spirit moving upon people and, and people being slain in the spirit and, and falling back and by the way that, that uh, person that fell back, they were never believers it was an unbeliever and so things take it, being taken out of context and, and saying it's the name of God and, and so um, people that have gone to school and, and somewhat logical They see that and they just run the opposite way. And and then they say, anything that has to do with the Spirit of God, I don't want nothing of it because it's bizarre, it's weird. And so the Spirit of God is... been been given to us as a gift as a helper to us to comfort us to guide us and to lead our lives and a lot of believers um, are not open to the movement of the holy spirit of god and so that what they do is they, they 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 quench the spirit they're not open to the spirit of god everything has to be logical it's been said that if you have too much of the spirit you blow up you have too much of the word of god you dry up with knowledge but when you have the spirit of god and the word of god you grow up when you have the spirit of God and the word of God. It's you. You grow up, and it's important to have that healthy balance. And I believe, I firmly be, believe that that there can be a biblical movement of the Holy Spirit of God and in the church, um, as it was in in history. And you know that your 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 spiritual history, that the history of the church of the Great Awakening, the Great Awakening, where where God used um, um, His spirit and awakened people, awakened people to to the Lord, and was the Holy Spirit that awakened, awoke them um, to to God. And and people came to congregations and they were taught the Bible. They were taught the Word of God. We also know in in church history um, about the Jesus People Movement Revival that occurred and and that occurred in in that birth to Calvary. And and some of you know this history where where it was Pastor Chuck Smith and and how the Holy Spirit led him. and, And he was a man that was led by the Spirit but also he was a man that was grounded in the Word of God. So being led by the Spirit and being grounded in the Word of God. And, and that's what we want individually as a believer. We want to be grounded in Scripture and then we wanna be led by the Holy Spirit of God. And so it is so important to, to have individuals that have that balance. Um, and, and as we as individuals have that balance, we make up a congregation as a church, we will have that balance and it's just so important. So, so what is the answer? What is the answer and, what, and, and which actually leads us to the, to the second um, point. How do we have this balance of the spirit? Well, also in verse one, Paul, Paul says, and this is the second point, I do not want you to be ignorant. And this is what has happened. People are ignorant. The word ignorant, it it means to not have knowledge, not have biblical knowledge, to not have knowledge. And Paul, in his letters, names three other important information that he does not want Christians to be ignorant of or not have knowledge of. Um, The first one is God's plan for Israel. God's plan for Israel. God wants people to know um, His plan for Israel. We know that according to Romans chapter 11 verse 25, Romans chapter 11 verse 25 says, "For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile has come." The second area um, that God does not want us to be ignorant in or without knowledge. It is the second coming of Jesus. And we know that according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, which says, Not want you to be ignorant or without knowledge, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. See, what was taking place during the time of Paul is that um, people, um, they, would, they would close their eyes. And, and I, I like that how, that's how they viewed death. They viewed death that people would close their eyes, and so they would come to the Paul, to the Apostle Paul. They were saying, "Hey, Apostle Paul, I, I, we have a question for you. We have a loved one, my mother, my 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 uh, my mother, my my, my dad, my, my son, daughter. They they have fallen asleep, and, and um and they have placed their faith in, in 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 Jesus. What happens? What's the next step?" So he says, "I don't want you to be without knowledge, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So they're with the Lord right now, and because they were with the Lord, therefore I want you to have hope." And you have a, a firm foundation of hope inside of your life that you're gonna be reunited with them. And by the way, when we have a loved one that goes to heaven, you know what takes place in our heart? Heaven becomes even more of a place we wanna be at. Why? Because where your treasures are, goes your heart and your family member, they're your loved one, right? you spend so much time with him and I know some of you 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 have had a loved one this year that have gone on to glory and what's taking place is that um, they're, they're in glory and 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 they're your heart they're your treasure and a piece of your heart a big piece of your heart is now in heaven and so it causes you to to want to be where they are at and it causes you to love Jesus because Jesus is the one that has made it possible for you to be reunited with him and so you love Jesus even more so because because of Jesus you are going to heaven too and so so we have hope, and this hope, this world can never take it away. And so, in this this third area uh, that that uh, Jesus does not want us to be ignorant in or without knowledge, um, according to verse one, is about spiritual gifts and that's what he says uh, now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I do not want you to be without knowledge and Paul desires for the church to have a crystal clear biblical knowledge of spiritual gifts and why is that because spiritual gifts are from the Lord they are from the Lord and, and have been given to God's people for the building up of the, of the people of God for the edification of the church and 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 we are to to learn of our spiritual gifts and, and, um, and we will be going through them and I just want to touch on verse 4 notice with verse four, where it says there are diversity of gifts but the same spirit and so we'll be, we'll be getting into it. We're going to be having a detailed study of spiritual gifts um, in, in the next weeks uh, to come and it's going to be um, very important for you and we're going to have what is called a, a spiritual gifts um, um, handout in the back and you could pray and you could go through it and learn what your spiritual gifts are and you could step out and operate in your spiritual gifts and as a result of doing doing that I guarantee you there's going to be a, a dimension of your life that's going to bring even more fulfillment to you. Why? Because God loves you. He, he gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit. He has given you gifts and you're going to learn those gifts and you're going to operate in, in those gifts by the way of serving Him. If it's serving Him and by, by teaching young people by teaching in the, in the um, and the, the little kids or, or the gift of hospitality or service or you have a gift of compassion and and so we'll, we'll steer in the direction of um and, uh, convalescent ministry or or um a hospital ministry or chaplaincy ministry and and so maybe you have the, the gifts of helps and, and and we need people to come early and and set things up and, and you 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 want to help you you want to get your hands dirty and there's needs to to um even this this morning you can see reuben about this just put like wiring and cords and you're like okay i'll, I'll do that i want to help i want to do something and and so when you run a cord you run it for jesus and then you you set up the these chairs and in and, or, or pews here and then you and then you pray like Lord, whoever sits in these pews, may, may they know you more, may they love you more, and, you, and so you set things up, you tear these uh, everything down afterwards, and you pray for the school, and you say, Lord, may, may may this school come to know you, each and every single young person and their parents, and and so because and this all happens because you have the gift of helps, God has given th- that gift to you, and it's an w- interesting thing that you could you could have your nine to five job, and you're like nine to five, it's like nine to nine <laughs> where I work at. And you could, you could do there and you could earn a paycheck, but there is a sense of you're not fulfilled. But when you come here in the morning and you, and you set some cables up or you, you put something away or you serve in the hospitality, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? How you are so fulfilled. Now, why is that? It is because God has given you a gift, you're exercising your gift, and you are fulfilled because you are doing spiritual work, if you will. You're doing something for eternity's sake. You're doing something for eternity's sake and not for a paycheck. And so serving the Lord, is so fulfilling. And so there's so many areas that that you could be involved in. And not only within the church, but outside the church. And, And I am one pastor that wants people to get out in the communities. To take Jesus out of the four walls of the church. Why? Because people are sick. Not not physically sick, but spiritually sick, and Jesus is a great physician, and we are the carriers of the Holy Spirit of God, and we could point them in the right direction. And so, so God wants us just to have everything he has for us, and that was Paul's heart. Paul's heart for the Corinthian would be that they would receive all that God has for them. We know that according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. Ephesians chapter 4 says... It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, and some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may what? Be built up until... We all reach unity in the faith and and no, there's a lot of disunity going on. And so we're on a mission until unity happens in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God that we become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then there will be no longer be be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by by every wind of, of teaching and by the, the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead uh, speaking the truth and love, we will in all things grow up into him who is ahead, that is Christ. And so May we have a heart like Paul has a heart for the the Ephesians when this portion of Scripture um, was first um, read to the people at um, Ephesus. Paul had a heart for them that they would grow and have everything that God has for them. And that's my heart for you too because it's God's heart that you would know everything that God has for you. His banqueting table is just full. that you would enter his banqueting table and you would take all that God has for you. It's been said that the greatest Christians are the greatest receivers. You're like, Lord, if you want to pour your mercies out on me each and every single day, I receive it by faith in, in, in Jesus' name. Lord, you, you want to pour your kindness in my life and so I could share your kindness out with other people? Just do this, God. Lord, you want to pour your compassion into me and make me a compassionate individual so I could go to scenes and bring your compassion, your love to other people? I will. Lord, you you have given me a mind to, to have knowledge and to know. So, you, Lord, you want to shape my mind my 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 mind because I'm called to love you with all my mind by the way and I want to love you with all my mind so my mind can be shaped through the truths of the scripture and and then I could teach other people how glorious that you are and and I could use even if I'm a teacher in a public school I I could use astronomy. I I could I could use um, the, the the elements of society and say that there is a creator over creation and I could present the gospel without necessarily sharing a scripture but you could just point them to that they point them to the Lord. That that, that there is a God, and, and so God wants to use you. God wants to use me in, in different ways, and, and and God wants us to bring Him honor and bring Him glory. And I guarantee you, when your life is about to come to a close, and and and, and you realize that you only have one life to live, and it's gonna own, it's gonna soon pass, and only what you did for Christ and do for Christ will last. And that's how that works. And so we want to do things that will bring God glory. We want to be arrows that point people to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord wants to use us. The Bible speaks about how God looks to and fro throughout the whole world to show himself strong, whose hearts are open to him. Be used by the Lord. Be used by the Lord and you be be used by the Lord. It is the greatest thrill in your life. It's a little um, intimidating, it's a little scary, but it's so wonderful when you're used by the Lord. it blows away any roller coaster ride at Magic Mountain or Disneyland or Knotsbury Farm all together to step out in faith and to open your mouth and God will fill your mouth with His word and you share His word with other people. and God may use you to, to set a captive free, to bring a person to, to salvation. And that blows my mind. you're like, what blows your mind? that God entrusted. His glorious truths that, that mankind can come to salvation, um, He has entrusted these 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 truths to us that we just open our mouth and we can share with other people. And as a result of that, people that were going to go to hell now they're going to heaven because because the Lord used us just to speak it. And so the Lord wants to use you, be used by the Lord, and, and, and have everything that God has for you. And being open to the movement of the Spirit in your individual life. And, and in part, know, know that the Lord wants to, to bless you. The Lord wants to continue to to show Himself to you in, in a good way. God has given you uh, gifts. We are His workmanship, and and He's given it to us um, beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, in the book of Ephesians, chapter two, verse ten, speaks about that. For we are His workmanship. The word workmanship means poem. We are God's beautiful poem. I don't know if you ever heard a poem before, and you sit down. Maybe you're 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 sipping a cappuccino. You're just enjoying yourself, and you have some jazz music in the corner. You're like, oh man, look at that beautiful poem being read. It's so beautiful. Did you know that you are God's beautiful poem? That you are beautiful? And when you step out and being used by the Lord and how the Lord wants to use your life, we are His workmanship. We are His poem created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. For good works. What are His good works? His good works are the works He has for you that He has gifted you to step in and to operate in, which God prepared beforehand. What has been prepared before him, These works, these good works, these gifts, these gifts that God has given you, that you should walk in them, learn of them so you can walk in them and, and have this sense of fulfillment as you're walking upon the face of the earth. So know our knowledge or, or being aware of our spiritual gift is, is paramount, paramount for the fulfillment of our purpose and place and service to people and society within the church and with, without the church, outside the church as well. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that, that Christians are not operating in their gifts and therefore are living to their full potential, are not living to their full potential. And God wants you to live to your full potential. He says, I have come to give you life and life what? More abundantly, more abundantly. And some Christians are only in first gear and are like, yeah, cool, I'm just cruising the highway in first gear. God wants you to shift to second gear and the third gear and fifth gear. and And, and, and being open to the spirit of God with the word of God and, and and using your life um and and saying, God, here's my life, use it for your honor and for your glory. Now the third way Paul instructs the Corinthians to live a godly life, and for us too, what he does in, in verse two He reminds them, reminds them that they were Gentiles. Notice with me in verse two where it says, you know that you were Gentiles. You were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. So Paul wanted the Corinthian Christians to remember that their past pagan life was a Gentile life. And as a Gentile, that Gentile life gave them inaccurate understanding, inaccurate understanding of spiritual matters, of spiritual gifts, as they worship false idols. They worship false idols. In fact, in, in verse 2, Paul refers to them as dumb idols. And these dumb idols had representation by false religious priests who professed to speak under the influence of an unknown spirit and that these Gentiles, they were carried away by it. Back in Corinth, and, and, and if we, we have an opportunity, and this will be a blessing from the Lord one day, we are taking our church to Israel in um, uh, 2021. Um, so not 2020, but 2021. And by the way, a, a representative from Inspire Travel will be here at the church the first Sunday of October at 11 o'clock, right after church, and he wants to just present all the information uh, for for us, for you and I, to go to Israel. And you may say, what's so important about, about Israel? Well, you, you get to be, if you want to be baptized in the same waters that Jesus was baptized in, um, where David and Goliath fought, where they have that that... that um, a place uh, that where they fought, you go to that very place uh, where Jesus Christ rose from the grave. You actually go to the tomb where Bible scholars believe that Jesus Christ has rose from the grave. And what it does is solidifies your faith. I've been to Israel three different times already and I'm looking forward to taking out our church family there. And it's going to be a, a life changer. It's going to be a game changer, I guarantee you. Um, it's going to be a win. And so um, we, we actually, we're the only church right now that um, has planned a trip for 2000, um, uh, uh, 2021. And the, the rep said, uh, Joe, wh- why did you do it for 2021? I said, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? I don't have that kind of dinero. And, and so um, so we have information on the, on the tables, if, if you could pick it up. and. Um, and so we can start putting away, you know, some dollars here, here and there, and then by 2021 comes, we we could, um, uh, Lord willing, generate enough money so so you you could go, and it, it is a game changer, um, and. Um, and so the things that you read in the scripture, you're, you're, you will see with your own eyes. Like when we speak, like in Easter, when we speak about the resurrection of Jesus, in your eye immediately, now you're going to see, whoa, I know exactly where, where that's at. And the, the special spot for me, and um, it's my special spot, so it can't be your special spot, but yeah, you can have it too. I'll share. But it's the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane—it's probably like in um, about the size of, of, of our of our um, sanctuary—and um, and you realize that that Jesus prayed there. He prayed to the Father and he said, "Father, if it be Your will, if it be Your will, to to take this this, this cup, um, I, I will do it." And not my will, but Your will be done. And so you know that that Jesus um, agreed to to take our sin upon upon Himself, and and therefore forgive us of our sin. And and because of that, uh, we get to go to heaven. And so you there when we go to the Garden of Gethsemane, you're able to spend some time right there, and this, and and thank the Lord and praise Him that for what He has done in Your behalf. And um, and then you go to the place called Golgotha, and the Golgotha is called the place of the skull. And literally, you you've been there, and I know some of you have been there already. It literally looks like the place of the skull made out of rocks. and So, so we're going to be taking you in um, and, um, and, and 2021. Now, why did I say all that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> what is it? Oh, I know why. <laughs> Hello. Um, that um, during the time of Corinth and during the Bible times, there, there was a lot of false idols going on. And why, why is that? Because mankind has a need to be in touch with the spirituality. Mankind is, is kind of bored with the natural, if you will. And they they think there has to be more to life, and especially the younger generation, that's where that they're they're more um, into deception, if you will, because they they want to be involved like in the spiritual realm, because it, it, it's it's there. Because as as there is Jesus, there's a devil. As there is angels, there's evil spirits, and so it's there. And so it's important to walk in the spirit and know you who are in Christ Jesus, and know when Jesus died when Jesus died upon the cross. According to the um, book of Colossians, and I love this verse that speaks about how the, the principalities and the powers, they all have been disarmed. It's like a pet bull with no teeth. <laughs> They're just going to lick you up. They can't do anything at, at you. They have no power. And us being being a, a, a Christian, and us being a Christian, we, we can step out in God's power and we don't have to be intimidated by the, by the enemy. Many years ago, many years ago, I don't know if the Montclair Mall still has this this sort of hot topic, but... Um, I was, when I first got saved, I was extremely zealous for the Lord. Um, and so I thought, hey, I wonder if somebody's there, like a worshiper of an idol or worshiper of Satan. So so, uh, so I stepped into the store, and there was a person in there, and they were um, dressed in all gothic, all black, and, and, and their, their eyes were just, um, um, it was really, really piercing. And so I walked in, and I just sensed, like, okay, something's weird here. And I just walked up to the person and just stared at him. <laughs> 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 because, I, I knew greater is He that's inside of me than He that's in the world, and I was like, okay, well, you you want some of this, you know? And but but you know we don't rest against flesh and blood. But 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 I was just I wanted people to set free, because not that I had the power. Like I had the power, and sometimes people do that when they pray. They say, I rebuke you. We shouldn't say, I rebuke you. We say, the Lord rebuke you, according to Jude. Because I don't have no power. Joe rebuke you. and They're like, okay, that's like throwing water on me. (laughs) But, 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 um. But the Lord rebuke you. That's where the source is. That's where the power. It's it's in the power of God, and so so it, it it's important to to know to know and um as back then in the day in Corinth and, and, and the times of Jesus there was a lot of false idols There's was a lot of false idols and and, and so there there had to be um, a way to measure if it was of the spirit or if it was a false a false idol that people were worshiping um, back then, and two you know there's there's a lot of times that that people still practice. Um, um, like witchcraft or... Um or in the satanic realm. I remember many, many years ago when I first became a, a youth pastor, I got called. They said, uh, uh, we would like you to come to a house. And a, a parent called me. And the parent called me because their, their son was dabbling into what is referred to as a Ouija board. And so she was greatly concerned. So she called the church. And, and so so it was the very first time that I encountered something like that. And I was a little, little um, nervous about it. Like, oh, wow, this is like legit. This is a real thing. And so I went to the house and and, um, and and I was armed, I was armed with the sword of the spirit, <laughs> with my anointing oil, <laughs> and ready to go. But but I knew I knew that um, at the name of Jesus, even de- demons tremble and they flee, right? And so I kind of put that out there because um the the name of jesus is powerful so um so i knocked on the door and then she she opened and i said hi my my name is joe from calvary and um and uh yes yes please 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 come in i said so i'm here and i put this I, i said i'm here uh to to pray in jesus name and so i wanted to see if she would freak out right because if she if she had like a demon in her if you will she would have been like ah you know don't talk about my name and all that so I kind of put it out there and like okay okay cool she's safe and I'm um, like all right so I don't need to run um and then so I said so you want me to speak to your son that's been dabbling into the Ouija board yes you know so she called her son over and so so I kind of got myself prepared and uh I said so I'm here to pray in Jesus name <laughs> and, and and so he didn't flinch and like I thought okay uh, this it, is there's no like demon in the house and so she had me pray and so I prayed and went to the different homes anointed it, and to them like Lord this place is dedicated to you Lord we anoint this place um, for your honor for your glory that uh, at this place um, for, for me and my house here may they serve you Lord and, and be glorified but but we don't we don't have to be uh, afraid of demons and, and know that that the demonic spirits and they, they, they they curse at Jesus, like um, Paul is speaking about um, in this verse. They're they, they speaking a, a curse, but know that the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. Demons accursed Jesus, and the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. We know that according to John chapter 15, verse 26. John chapter 15, verse 26 says, But when the Helper comes, when the Helper comes... Um, Whom I shall send to you from the Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify in me. And so what Paul wanted to do is Paul wanted, and this is the third point, Paul wanted to instruct them to learn to have discernment. To learn to have discernment. And we see that in verse 3 where it says, uh, therefore I have uh, uh, made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and no one can say that jesus is lord except by the holy spirit so paul wanted them to mature paul wanted them to have discernment and the way you have have discernment if, if they are like an evil spirit if you will and you put the name of jesus out there and then because demons what they'll do is they will curse the name of jesus so blasphemy in the name of jesus but we know that the spirit of god will testify of the spirit of god and that the movement of the spirit brings glory to jesus john chapter 16 verse 14 says he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He'll take of mine and declare it to you. And know that any so-called spirit manifestation that, that robs a person of like self-control, like we saw in the video, or or they were saying, oh, the the, um, the, the a spirit's on me. That, that's not of God at all, because we know that the Spirit of God brings self-control. The Spirit of God always brings self-control. We know that according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. So you don't run around the church. You don't bark. You're you're not out of control. The Spirit of God gives you self-control, and and that is a movement of the Spirit of God. So so may God, may God give us discernment in regards to what is of God and what is not of the Spirit of God, and and may the Lord lead us to the Lord Jesus Christ into a deeper way that we will understand the movement of the Spirit and the personal of the Spirit because there's a Trinity. There's God the Father, the, uh, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we, we want to worship God. God, I worship you, Lord. I worship you in spirit. I, I worship you in truth. I, I follow you. And Jesus, I love you so much. You died upon the cross for me and I'm grateful for you. And Jesus, I'm going to see you soon. Um, and soon and very soon, I'm going to I'm going to see the Lord. But wait a minute. The, the third person of the Trinity Trinity, we kind of ignore and kind of put him in a box because of what the, how the church has handled the Spirit of God, and so we we think, oh, I, I don't want nothing to do with the Spirit of God. But God wants us to have fellowship with the Spirit, and and the Spirit of God has given us gifts and and teaches us and leads us. And so what we want to do in the next few weeks as we study the book of First Corinthians in, in, in chapter 12, 13, and 14. You're going to be learning a whole lot about what it means to live a spiritual life. To live a godly life by the movement of the Holy Spirit and, and may we always be instructed to, to live a godly life as Paul wanted the Corinthians to, to, to live a godly life um, as and I, I would just want to quickly summarize as he wanted them to live a godly life as he instructed them concerning spiritual gifts. And he did not want them to be without knowledge, to be without um, ignorance. And he reminded them of their past as Gentiles, that they were um, involved in idols. But he wants them to know of um, a true worship. And finally, he wanted them to have discernment. To have discernment if someone is speaking by the Holy Spirit of God or not. And so having discernment um, as believers, I think in the last days, it's so important. Do you? It's important to have discernment and to be led by God's Holy Spirit. Let's pray.